0: we're back it's the second week of january i'm here at the start this time my name is brian vitale (laughs)
1: joining me today (laughs) you got the usual
0: crew we have josh torres hi hello it's getting cold apparently in a lot of parts of the country we have adam vitale yep i'm in boise and it's been snowing all week
2: uh james galizio it's been snowing at my uh, parents' place in Idyllwild. That's Southern California. <laughs> uh. They're in the mountains. And
3: Okay. Chow Min Wu. It's minus 37 Celsius here. What's that in
0: English? <laughs> what's that
3: in English? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Half the world uses the metric system, okay? It's just You Americans.
4: Is oh, it half? It. No, wait. It has to be it's more than what? half. <laughs> for, the, for, for using Celsius? I thought only U.S. use Fahrenheit.
2: Okay, so translating for Chow here for us, uh, us uh, Yanks, uh, that is negative thirty-four point six degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay, it's not Wait,
4: too what? Fun. You're fine.
2: <laughs> okay, just be sure to wear like, just be sure to not go out of the house, and if you do, wear like three layers, maybe four. I haven't went inside for, outside for like a week a little bit.
0: I wish I could be like you. But yeah, it's January, what, 12th, the day we're recording this. Um, So f- our second, or no, it's the 13th, 13th as we're recording this. Second full week of the year. I think many of us are coming off our first or second full week of work back in the new year. So back to the grind, back to the normal TetraCast, back to the normal things to talk about. Uh, not a lot of huge hitters this week, but we do have a few things that have come out and a big, a couple of news stories from the last seven days. Uh, some of the things we are aware of, a few surprises. Um, we're probably going to start out with... One game that we called out right at the end of the last TetraCast, uh, an early January release. And this is for the new Momodora game, Momodora Moonlit Farewell. So I remember I was talking about this last week. I forget exactly how this like aligns with the um, uh, Reverie Under the Moonlight and those other ones. But I believe, James, you were, you were planning to put some time into Momodora this week? Uh, yeah, I beat it. <laughs> All right. So uh, tee us up. Uh, what is Momodora? How? What did you think of it? And just give us a lowdown.
2: So, Momodora is a Metroidvania-type series uh, from Studio Bomb Service. Uh, Most people have probably only played uh, the previous, uh, most recent one, uh, Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight, which came out in 2016. It's available on pretty much every platform at this point. And it's really good. Up until... uh, Moonlit Farewell. I would say that Reverie Under the Moonlight was my favorite one. Like Momodora One and Two were very much like itch.io style, like uh, indie games. So good, but also very, very simple. They're like free to play on like the their websites. And then like Momodora Three was like a little bit more in depth, but also still like a very, very small game. I think I beat that one in like an hour, and it's like a buck or two on Steam. Uh, But yeah reverie under the moonlight was a really good game uh it had it's it it felt like a higher budget metroidvania as far as like uh indie uh indie uh metroidvanias go like right? with the art the presentation the uh, combat all those sorts of things anyone that's played reverie under the moonlight you, you probably liked it most people i know that played it had a good time with it so a lot of folks have been waiting for a follow-up because um Originally, the developer was going to make a 3D-style uh, Momodora game. Unfortunately, some people were very upset about that and gave the developer quite a bit of uh, hassle, which ended up leading to them uh, canceling that project, making a different Metroidvania that's not Momodora called Minoria, which some people like, some people didn't like. I had a good time with it, but I but I know that that's not exactly the most popular opinion. And uh, finally, like late last year, they announced uh, Momodora 5 uh, Moonlit Farewell. And uh, that released uh, two days ago.
0: Now, remind Uh, me, I think like Momodora 1 and
2: 2 are like really simple pixel games. I think you can get them on Steam. I don't know if you can get them on Steam, but you can like get them for free on their on the uh, developer's website. Anyways, uh, uh, uh,
0: what I was going to say is. I know Momodora 3, which I think is, like, 10, 11, 12 years old now. Um, this is actually, like, a follow-up to Momodora 3, because Reverie Under the Moonlight was, like, a prequel, and then, like, Minoria was something else. So I remember when I was, like, looking into this game, the the developer basically had to sort of say, like, this game is actually a follow-up not to Reverie Under the Moonlight. It's obviously not related to Minoria, so it's actually a follow-up to a an older game. Yeah, Momodora 3. Yeah um yeah momodora 3 came out in 2014 so not quite 10 years old um almost though right
2: yeah and it came out before uh the main developer Ardine uh made their actual like a studio right because now they're a bomb service but Mm -hmm. back when they released momodora 3 i think they were the only person developing it so Mm -hmm. uh but but yeah um so if you played Reverie Under the Moonlight, you probably already have a pretty good idea of what uh Moonlight Farewell is like. There's a bit there's a few differences, and one thing that the uh, Momodoras as a series has always been good at is that they make sure that each entry in the series has its own kind of unique flavor to it. Like its own unique like uh, elements. Uh this one well, in Reverie Under the Moonlight, one of those things was you could transform into a cat kind of like how in like uh I guess some Castlevania games let you transform to like move and whatnot. Uh This, you have access to these like sigil cards, which you can equip as like ac- accessories that like fundamentally change some of your moveset. Like you might, um you have like a heal that's based off of your like magic and you can equip a sigil that makes it so that when you heal, you can overheal or, like, it'll have, like, an AoE, like, damage around you that kind of, like, purifies enemies. Uh, you can get a sigil that makes it so that your arrows shoot faster, or maybe they have a, an additional effect. Like, they're on fire, they explode, or maybe you fire three at once. Um, you can also, like, make it so that you have a higher chance of your uh, main, like, melee attacks, like, special, like, luck-based uh, attack uh procs more often or once you near the end of the game you eventually get this kind of like a uh, devil trigger-esque state that's very very like short-lived like you can only do like a uh, seven or eight attacks before it like uh goes out like disappears mm-hmm. and it's based off your stamina meter you can also get a sigil that makes it so that when you're in that devil trigger type sti- uh, type state you every single one of your attacks will be that like uh luck based uh Extra damage attack for your melee. Um level design is really, really good. I'd say that of all the moment warriors I played and really most of the Metroidvania's I've played, this has probably one of the better like uh, world designs I've seen. Uh the game looks amazing. Like you all you really need to do is like look at the Steam page and you'll see that it just has like incredible pixel art. Uh one thing the developer is known for is a certain <laughs> design trope for bosses and can definitely see that that has oh, stayed you mean the, the same you mean in the, the booba boss the gigantic yeah <laughs> yeah 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 but like uh yeah like the game looks incredible the soundtracks are really good like most of the bosses are good there's a few that i think are a bit of a letdown but it doesn't really get in the way of the fact that i think this is easily the best moment where a game and if you're either a newcomer or already a fan of the series, definitely uh, pick it up. It's only on PC right now, but it runs on anything. Like, I think when I booted it up on my desktop, I didn't have the frame rate capped at the time. And at the title screen, I was getting over a thousand FPS. So <laughs> you won't have any trouble running it. And obviously, I uh, played most of it on my Steam Deck and like on the OLED deck, you can get like locked 90 fps with like six hours of battery life so obviously pretty much any pc will run it it can even be a toaster like just make sure it has like two slots for toast or something but uh hopefully it gets ported to like switch and other platforms because i know that reverie under the moonlight did and actually i played uh reverie under the moonlight on like xbox one back in the day so hopefully for folks that played it on console uh like a uh, Moonlit Farewell can actually get ported. And oh, oh man, I didn't even realize like looking at the, the Steam page for Reverie Under the Moonlight. I didn't realize it's been like eight years since that game. Yep. Yeah. But uh I guess that makes sense when they released Menoria and then like COVID hit, so it kind of had an impact on things. But yeah, uh Momodora, Moonlit Farewell, really, really good. Um really glad that uh bomb service managed to get it out there and it's that's fantastic.
4: Yeah, I, oh, well. it's 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 really neat that like it came out and it seems to be doing very like the reception to it has been doing you know pretty well for people who played it. But I think I think it's just like a it's kind of a weird thing now of like okay what what what's what, what does the future hold for me? I want I I clearly like you know the developer wants to do a shift something different, but you know once again there's not back to like the early the topic that we talked about a few weeks back of like where do you go from here? You can't just Keep on making, you know, the same 2D pixel Metroidvania. If well, is, they like... they do change I mean, things up. Every I'm, not, time. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that like the mechanics are like unchanged, but like clearly this developer wanted to make a 3D game and really wanted to shake things up.
2: Yeah, you know? I uh, will say without going into spoilers, I've seen some people that assume because it has like moon, it has farewell in the title, that it's going to be the Last Momodora. That's not the case. Like, without going into specifics, the game very much leaves a few avenues open for what a follow-up might be, like where the story can go from here. Uh, so there will probably be a Momodora 6 in like three or four years. I'm assuming three or four years because COVID fucked things up with uh, this one. But uh, I'm sure that'll happen, whether or not it's like an actual Momodora 6 or if it's a spin off, Personally, I would love to see their take on like a 3D-style game. And I feel like in a post risk of rain Two world specifically, I think people might be a bit more willing to give the developer like less grief about it. They shouldn't have given them grief about it in the first place, but it's like one of those things where it's like you had the a similar sort of sentiment when risk of rain two was in development, which obviously was around the same time, like the momodora thing happened and, uh, um, ob- Very clearly, Risk of Rain 2 was a success in terms of uh, transitioning that style of game to 3D. So I think, hopefully, if uh, Bomb Service decided they wanted to go with a 3D-style game this time, they would have less pushback. So I'd I'd like to see something like that. But no matter what, I mean, this is good. Obviously, they've been... uh, obviously they've been doing fine with uh, the games they've been making. So I I'm sure like this will do well enough to like justify like down the road another one of these style of games, which is fine. Like, I mean, team ladybug is a similar deal where how many Metroidvanias have they made at this point? And they're like releasing another one, like in April, I think. So I'm, you I'm kind of
0: one thing there that I wasn't expecting. Uh, I kind of assumed that these, that the games were like, story independent from each other maybe maybe like same meet those but i assumed you could can you kind of jump in anywhere but yes, you mentioned yes. this game like
2: you but, can but you jump in anywhere this yeah.
0: game has like a, a tether for a future entry in the story so they're yeah. like loosely connected
1: yeah yeah oh, okay all right that jives is what i expected then yep and how long did it take you to uh to complete
2: uh seven to eight uh seven to eight hours and that was a completionist run so i mean for like most metroidvanias i'd say that's about the average play time unless it's like a super super long one uh i know that uh yeah hollow knight also apparently that uh prince of persia game that's coming out next week which is supposed to be really really good uh i i believe it is also like 20 to 25 hours so that's a long one
0: yeah no, but thank you for uh, going over uh, Momodora Moonlit Farewell with
1: us today. And yeah, it's available on Steam for the moment and we'll, of course, discuss it if it gets announced for other platforms later in the year. Yep. The next game that we have earmarked now to talk about is something that we were
0: expecting uh, in January and just released uh, a couple days ago at the time of recording, and that is a console demo for Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. So while the game will be coming out on PC, the demo is only available on PlayStation. And I do know that a few of us here were interested in at least trying it, despite that it wasn't on PC. But Josh, I think you're the one that, at this time has put some time into the demo. I, I yeah. Just, I put the demo too. Okay. Oh okay. So Josh and Chow. So
4: Yeah, so um the there's a Grand Blue relink uh stream uh this week. You know, the the, the main big thing is what to be expected. They just basically said, hey. Uh, the demo for this that we announced uh, a month ago is coming tomorrow. Um, they also laid out uh, some some of the, the future plans for the game. So like we know in April, the game's getting an update with two new playable characters. Um, and also, like the, they also have a, a March update that they announced. Uh, so a month after release, that adds a new endgame boss fight, uh, Lucilius. And so for people who played the original game, they're, they're very familiar with that character. That's going to be a big endgame boss fight. Oh,
3: no, that game. boss was very hard in the mobile game when he first came out. And what right now what they're gonna do is they're gonna put an even harder version of him again. I feel it's kind of cheap. It's like we're just recycling old bosses in the mobile game because he was the most popular one. But uh, what can you do? I mean, he was a very fun fight. So
4: yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the, the that's kind of the main analysis from that uh, stream. So I went to go uh, check it out. Uh, the, this demo. This demo has. Um eleven playable characters you know you have the you have the main crew like grand Catalina Rackham e o uh they also have charlotta gandagoza normaya um lancelot Siegfried uh Yoda and Zeta. um and uh, so when you start the game there's like three modes there's like the tutorial mode the story mode, and a quest mode uh, tutorial just you play the both the Toriel story. You only play as Grand for them. Tutorial basically you know, teaches you the control Story mode is like a very very tidy slice of like, hey, there's like some villagers um, under attack. You call this goblin attacks. So you Grand and three other AI controlled party members. You know it's a very very linear small slice uh, slice of like a story stage in that game, which is you know it's it's why it's like a uh, you know you have your standard like attack string with square, like, you, like a unique attack with t- triangle, uh, and so forth. But the real meat of the demo is this quest mode, where you have uh, you can pick one of three like boss battles, and you can uh, basically customize. You can either customize your party in single player, or you can take one character and play them online. the The caveat to this is you need PlayStation Plus to play online, or at least have a, a an account with PlayStation Plus on that same console system that you're on. Because that's because the PlayStation Plus benefits apply uh, on that console. Then, um, so uh, I don't have PlayStation Plus at all on anything on my console, so I couldn't play with you know my friends that had it. But it's fine, you know. The game's coming out very soon, and we're all planning to play it on PC. So I didn't really mind. Uh, this is this is more just like testing out, you know, characters uh, and so forth. Um, I did not know. We've, we've talked about how the gameplay is before. Uh, on this, from various preview events, uh, I think the, the the one really neat thing about this demo that um, it is th- kind of the, the the big thing that really sells me on this game is like the boss encounters. Um, so, like in this demo, you have this uh, the like the final boss that you'd access to is like you have a level ten party, and then the final boss is like this level twenty five rock golem. Sort of thing, and then there you have several sub objectives: defeated in three minutes, uh, chain or, or do three link attacks, and don't, don't try to uh, make sure you don't basically be in a false state for more than two times. And then the more those sub objectives you do, the higher grade and rank you get after the battle. And then you know, assume, and then presumably higher grades will mean be better drops for you. So there's a lot of like, there, it's actually like you know a challenging thing to like get a perfect S rank uh in this demo um against this golem because it's 15 levels higher level than you and you're uh trying to think of, like the most effective way to like uh, dispatch it quickly while making sure you don't die in the process because this thing will kill you very fast if like you start getting hit by its most powerful attacks it can like basically like two shot you if you <laughs> uh pretty much um and it it's been it's been great you know it's been uh, a lot of fun like kind of experimenting with these characters the character that i really like is Yoda is basically just a little dude with two huge like katanas, and his main gimmick is at the end of his attack string, you can press triangle at a certain thing, and he'll go into like this finisher state, and you can continue that combo and get to that finisher state like faster the more reps he does, and you can dodge offset this like in Bayonetta, where you can dodge and then continue the combo, and then this all every time you do um this finisher state, the final hit of that finisher uh, combo hits. You'll gain something called like a shroud mark, on on Yoda, and you can, he can stack up to three shroud marks. And if you fire off a skill, um, the more powerful it becomes, the more shroud marks uh, you have. Or if he has also a, a support ability called Mirror Step, that at three shroud marks it'll apply uh, it to the whole party, and this Mirror Step is like temporary invincibility, uh, which will be you know obviously very very useful in helping out uh, party survivability at certain points of that fight um the rackham's really fun with his uh like a lot of people have experimented with rackham and um he has like this uh rifle that he can continue to fire and it builds like a heat gauge on that rifle and once it's like maxed out you can fire off skills that do increased damage or properties um based on that and adam put in the uh, uh in, the, in the discord like this uh party of like four Charlottes because multiplayer games can pick uh, Multiple the same character, and charlotte is a very very people I've been finding out that Charlotta has been very very strong, a very strong character in this game based on that demo. And and the really cute thing about this sounds like a lot of like, like I'm sure it's inside just the Grand Blue community, but it's like it's like fun to see from an outsider perspective where like they have emotes in this game. So, so since charlotte's is like a, like a very like part of that uh, small race, like I think they're called Harvins in the game. Yeah, they're called Harvins. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so they, they, there's, like, certain emotes, and, like, her sit emote is her putting out, like, a, like a, a a box and then standing on top of it, and that's her sit emote, and I'm like, that's awesome, you know, that's yeah, an ongoing joke. But, uh, she
3: just she wants, wants to, to get taller, and the whole joke is, like, she would go through, like, like, insane lengths trying to get taller. It's like, wow, can't really make you taller, you're a Harvin.
4: Yeah, so and then, you know, so, some people have been finding out, like, you know, Catalina's a really, really great support character, even though she doesn't do a lot of damage, she does, uh like, she has a lot of, like, great buffs for the party, defensive buffs can grant, like, instant invincibility to the whole party, to keep her survivability up, and our has been being explored between her two different stances, and how to properly play her, and all sorts of other stuff, so I've heard, like, you know, it seems the community uh, has been really um receiving this positively, this demo, Um and really you know really happy with like you know after it being in development hell for so long after you know passing uh the game from platinum to in-house to side games Osaka and building up that studio uh to develop this game it's like it, a lot of people are very very like I don't know well, like how's it gonna turn out this thing has been in development for freaking ever and it seems like you know the, the early impressions. like yeah this is a really really solid game that they have on their hands there's a lot of uh mechanics to like uh learn through like even even like this this rock golem demo uh like there's certain mechanics in there that you have to watch out for like at certain points of the fight it all spawn cores and we defeat those cores you can actually like use them to like throw at the boss and do a lot of damage or or use them to like throw at the other core to instantly dispatch that um and so forth and it's been if that if the game is more really hones in on that feature and it's it's looking like it is then you know that the, this game has a lot of potential they they also give you a, a certain like basic like gear like you have your you know a basic weapon and also like the sigils to uh enhance attack health uh um and so forth and i'm sure there's gonna be more sigil effects down the road but like people are experimenting like what's good like for some people like the crit sigils are good if they do a lot of a, a lot of uh attacks Rapidly, because that means more crit chances. While characters who do like really, really big like single uh, single hit attacks, like Gandagoza, like stun sigils might be better for them because they're uh, once that hit, big hit connects, that drives the the stun bar way, way more forward than you know. Then the, it benefits them more than other certain characters. So people start to do like early. Experimenting and theory, crafting over like the the stat math of this game and like what's kind of optimal, you know. That's kind of it's that's the really fun part about like you know these these sort of action RPG games is kind of that early period of experimentation and seeing what what really makes for an effective party composition. So you've, I've also been watching certain YouTube videos of like you know S plus plus clears of like okay with this character it's like okay how do they do it you know what was
1: the general like. Strategy that they employed to, to getting that and that's been really fun to see how it's, about you i'm oh,
4: sorry
0: <laughs> i i just want to comment that like i obviously haven't played either grand blue or this game i haven't played the demo but it is kind of neat that before like a meta coalesces it's just kind of rule of cool like i'm gonna yeah. try this because it seems neat or i'm gonna play this exactly. character because i like the theme or the vibe versus uh, and depending on, you know, your your community or who you play with, I'm sure everyone always has the uh the, the more casual group that where people play as what they want, versus like no the the most effective way to do it is this character with this gear with this sigil. But just allowing the rule of cool during yeah, the demo period exactly. is always kind of a good window for these sorts of mm-hmm. games. All right. Yeah. Take it away, Chao.
3: Well, um I think my opinion about the game is I don't really like the dodge in this. It feels re- it feels really floaty, it's like a beta net dodge, if you get what I'm saying. That's like the only thing. Like with it, it feels like you're flying every time you press that dodge button. Oh,
4: the, the dodge is it's it, it's very it's very bad. in that sense, where If you do if you spam dodge too much, it'll do like a flip, and then you're very very vulnerable uh, to to decentivize you to always like dodge. Like being has a similar mechanic, and the iframes on that dodge are very deceptive because it, the the i start as soon as like the startup of that dodge happens. Not 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 mid dodge when you're in the air. So. Like, the the dodge is one of the those mechanics that's, like, you can't really trust the animation to be the, the iframe window. It's a very specific iframe window at the start of it where you want to use it. So there's, like, an instant dodge mechanic in the game where, like, you properly dodge, like, a big, like, attack that had like, an AOE like or a zone marker, right? And then, like, if you properly instant dodge that, it'll say invincibility of your character. The yeah, you
3: attack. see, like, a little blue yeah. aura around your character when you yeah. do it perfectly. Yeah, so
4: it's one of those things where you... It's a, it's a mechanic that's deceptively like, oh, I can just spam this and expect nothing. It's, like, it's like, it's there for, like, if you're really... If you're really trying to get out of a zone fast and you're, like, in the middle of it, or... But, the, like, your dash is better for that, to be honest. Or if you're really, like, trying to master, like, certain iframe windows to dodge attacks because... Like you know dp like because of um of the three minute timer subjective, like you're in a dPS race, right, and for melee characters, you want to always be in there. so if you don't if you don't have someone to give you like inv- like party by invincibility or like you don't have like a or a, a self like mirror image, for example, um you're really relying on like those perfect dodges as as a way to mitigate damage. And at the same time, staying in in the uh, in the zone to do your melee strings. So it's, it's, I, th- I think the dodge is like it's kind of weird at first, but it starts making more sense the more you utilize it as a as an emergency maneuver rather than um, rather than the, the optimal way to maneuver around combat. It should be something that's like you don't really rely on that often. I think. You think? Um, yeah. So I th- I think I think it'll be it'll take time to like kind of get used to that because uh, cuz it also relies on you being able to memorize boss patterns or anticipate like what's coming next and knowing like a boss's like DPS rotation.
3: Yeah, like cool. oh, I feel like I feel they'd learn something from the guy of the loss and probably take some inspiration from that in, in my opinion. Mm. Like a lot of people don't really see like similar game comparisons, but I got like Kind of like the same vibes with like the mechanics in here where you see like the red circles and and all that. Except there's a jump button this time. No 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 jump button in dragalia lost because it's a mobile.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I, I kinda made a fucking shit post on social media a few weeks back when um there's endgame boss footage coming out I put Dragalia bot like the Dragalia boss Daoko song over it for the high dragons. And like it it kinda is similar to that in some in some aspect where like some of these dragon bosses that you're fighting against, some of their moves are almost one to one replicated from Dragalia Lost boss fights. Like the one that I, I was watching is like this kind of green dragon and had like a mixture of like high Midgard and high Jupiter like boss moves in it. It's like, that's that's really something. That's really, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying, we're not saying that the Dragalia Lost development team was on it. It was a totally separate team, but you know, maybe, you know, I mean... they
3: I mean the staff can always share infos. I mean yeah it happens exactly. with like a lot of development. It's Like, oh here, here, we, yeah. we like we find this works in our game. It's like well you could take that and, <laughs> and what didn't work, you don't take it.
4: Yeah. So I I, th- I think for people who really still lament the the shutdown of Dragoya Loss, I think there's something in it for them that they really like the boss encounter design in that game. I think that this definitely captures some of that era in a certain sense. So I, th- I think, you know, it, I, I'm, I didn't play this demo too, too heavily. Just, like, I've been, you know, testing out some characters and then watching some videos and talking to my friends about it because they've been, you know, they've all been kind of gave it a try and, and learning things of what we like and don't like about this. But in general, I think, like, we're just all very excited to see, you know, how the f- final release is. I think they've, uh, they've made a great, like, first impression here of giving us a taste of how this game... Uh, operates and it's not in under a preview environment time preview environment, so I like so uh... I'm just glad
3: it's real that's that's basically <laughs> it right you know and yeah. i I really love the universal Grant blue. I just hate that it's a it's a mobile game that's known to be extremely grindy, so it's hard to like get anyone to like even try it or you know see what the story is all about
4: yeah and i I think that's also great that like they got the like the this development team has like has taken like enough stuff from the mobile game but not like Wholesale, right? Like we don't have to worry about weapon grids in this game, thank God. You know, you only have to worry about a single weapon. It's a pretty. It seems to make it a linear weapon upgrade path, and like the really, the thing that you're really customizing with your equipment is like the sigil, and then unlocking like a skill tree with your um characters. It's not like you have to worry about like five, six elemental grids that you're working towards. That it's like it's it's an insane grind. You know, and they don't the game even game.
3: do the weapon grids for the fighting game anymore. I know some people were upset about that, but I'm glad it's like you don't need something that convoluted. Yeah, a fighting game.
4: I haven't, I haven't tried, I haven't, I haven't t- uh, touched the 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 revamp story mode in Rising. But yeah, I heard they're like, oh, they dropped yeah, of it's just one grid, single that's that's weapon, no no weapon yeah. grids anymore. That's, it's like you don't great. need
3: you don't need that stupid system in there.
4: Yeah, oh. it's a. It's a... So I I think they're starting to like learn bit by bit. It's like okay, we don't really need to copy everything that like our our original game did, you know. So it's uh, yeah, the relink that was really cool. If you if you you have a PlayStation, you know, give it a shot. Something about PS4 and PS5. Um, I hear the PS I hear the PS4 performance is kind of rough.
3: Oh, um, I haven't tried it on PS4. I got it on yeah, PS5.
4: Yeah, we tried on, on PS4. I, I, I
3: have one question. You know, yeah. is the story mode locked to single player only? That's the thing that people kind of worry about because they feel like, oh, you can only try, you know, multiplayer with questing mode, right? But the story mode is that single player? I,
4: I, I, I think. think I think. I think some of the single player stages, like the like the narrative stages, are, are like single player only. I think like uh, things that have like big narrative story beats. I think those are single player only. But like I think that I think the vast majority of like stages and availability will be uh, can be played multiplayer. Um, that that's the the messaging that they were saying uh, at least. So I, I but I, now if I, you're I playing
1: know. a stage
0: in single player, if you're playing a regular stage in single player, do you get like
4: NPC allies or is it just? Single yeah, player? it's a, yeah it's NPC allies. So like okay. like even, even if you're even if you're questing, like you can you can set like NPC allies. You know, you, there's nothing. Okay. You so there's always that. four participants yes. in a yeah. quest it's just so, that whether they're computer controlled or not pretty much and, and you can have it like variable right you'd have like two people and then two ai or three people one ai or like you know the the, the so it's
1: as long as you fill out four it doesn't matter what combination of how many people are you know controllable versus ai uh, on that end makes sense Well, good to hear that everything seems promising on this so far, which we kind of expected because most of the preview events have been
0: pretty promising. I, it's the fact that we were kind of worried about it was more just the the fact that it was announced so early. Obviously, it's kind of the infamous picture coming. What was it? Twenty nineteen was the original picture that showed up. I don't know. Uh, if it was I of, I
4: mean, maybe it was like twenty seventeen or twenty
3: eighteen. <laughs> I, I think the rumors yeah. I heard is more like they they have a fault with platinum games and had to like redo a lot of things. I mean,
4: they, they. I mean, it's it's kind of been stated in an inter- interview, not an English interview, but like in an interview with like a Chinese outlet. That like basically, you know, they had a a contract with Platinum. They took way too much time over what they wanted, and then they're like, okay, we'll just bring the internal uh, the 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 project in house, you know, like a studio, a new studio from it, and so we can work on our under our own timeline. Uh, so it's it's. it's it's nothing too crazy, you know. It's like it's kind of it's how business goes. Sometimes, you know, you take too long, and it's like, okay, well, you got to call the contract off. Um, it, it's I found I found
0: a, I found an image. Yeah. that says coming twenty eighteen project Relink. Yeah. So, so no, yeah. but obviously, you know, game development is very very difficult, and not many people can do it. And it
1: seems like mm-hmm. they've got something on their hands that's pretty promising. Yeah. And the full release of that is when again?
0: Uh,
2: January
3: and, 31st, I think.
2: Yeah. It, the, end the, of the month. It, pretty much they, end of the month. Yeah, they said it uh, February 1st for the, the West, but uh, I believe if you get the PS4 version digitally, you get it a couple days early. I, I mean, PS5, well, PlayStation version early. The early yeah. access. Yes. <laughs>
0: Pre-order three-day privilege or whatever it is. Yeah.
4: Whatever, I I, I I can wait for PC on this. I I, I do I do think. Yeah. Uh, one, I'm I'm hoping the PC port is fine. And two, you can definitely see a loss of visual fidelity uh, in the performance mode. Uh, in the yeah.
2: I noticed at the preview event when I switched to performance mode, it's like, oh, some of these textures are a bit lower quality. It's yeah. like, oh, so sound.
4: They're definitely
1: uh, pushing something to to get it running to 60 on. Yeah. Well, that kind of covers it for new
0: releases that we wanted to make sure we earmarked some time to talk about at the beginning of the podcast. However, when I was asking the crew here what we wanted to talk about before going into news, uh, James was very eager to talk about something very specific uh, with his time diving back into Apple Arcade this week. So, James, when you had some extra time this week, you were looking at something. Uh, Give us a lowdown on what you were looking at.
2: Yeah. So, I guess, like, Everyone in this call played Fantasian, right? I think everyone did. Chow, did you play Fantasian?
4: Ch- Chow's AFK. to go get more food.
2: Oh, never mind. I
4: don't know that he did.
0: Yeah. But yeah. yes, that, the four of us did. That, yeah. we were
4: st- like, some of us were still like, I'll get an Apple TV just for one game. <laughs> and, and that Apple TV is somewhere in a box or something, now it's in
0: my closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So, anyways. Yeah, I played it
0: on my phone.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, so I- uh, f- a few, uh, like like a week ago or something like that uh the announcement came out that uh Platinum Games Apple TV ex- ex- well not Apple TV Apple Arcade exclusive World of Demons is uh going to be deleted from existence in uh from th- from this podcast it, it, like 5 days it'll be delisted in 5 days um and once it gets delisted you'll have until the end of the month to play the game, then it will no longer work on any Apple device. And so because of that, and because I played a little bit of it when I first got the Apple TV to play Fantasia, I was like, well, this is going to disappear. I should like probably try and actually finish it because who knows if this will get, get ported, probably not. So I kind of wanted to like give it its due, like considering it's just not going to exist in a, like in a few weeks. So I did, and uh, I have a few thoughts about that, but even more than that, it's kind of Apple Arcade is weird. I don't think I really realized how weird it was when I played through Fantasian, but especially nowadays, like some of the games are on there. It's like, wait, that's there? Or wait, that was there? Like, Apparently, there was a Choo Choo Rocket game, like a new Choo Choo Rocket that was really good. It's no longer available because it was delisted in like uh, 2022. Uh, Apparently, well, I did also play Sonic Dream Team, that new 3D Sonic game. It's really good. Is it going to be delisted like Choo Choo Rocket in like 2026? Are people just never going to play one of the best 3D Sonic games because it was on Apple Arcade and will eventually just be be like Thanos snapped and disappear. Um, Before before you started listening out games, I was basically just going to chime in and say
0: like, yeah, I have not followed Apple Arcade. I don't really interact with anyone in person or online who really is in that ecosystem. So it is kind of like, I, I paid attention for Fantasian and then I never really paid attention again to know like, what is the status of Apple Arcade? Are people in that ecosystem happy? Is it like this weird fringe thing that no one thinks about
2: ever? I just don't know. I would say if you have like any sort of Apple, like, uh, like an Apple TV, an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, there is enough there where I would genuinely recommend like having a sub because there's some games that are really good. Obviously, Fantasian is still there. Hopefully, it stays there. But one thing that kind of like stood out to me when I looked into it is Fantasian and World of Demons came out on the same day in 2021. So I'm not I saying I remember that. Yeah. So it's like, obviously Fantasian, there's been no announcement that's going to be delisted, but seeing world of demons getting delisted, I'm not going to lie. It makes me uneasy. Cause that was our RPG of the year, 2021. There's no port in sight yet. Like hopefully one gets announced this year, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm going through world of demons. And it's not perfect. Like, I guess I'll talk about that a bit, but it's like, what so, happens if I, it I never mean, it, gets? I, I, I <laughs> feel like
0: mentioning that there is a Steam database
2: page for Fantasia. I don't. I don't think like that Fantasian Steam page test. is. It's
0: like I it's don't
2: a... think that Steam page is real. Like if you actually look at the Steam BB assets, some of the one like what they have there, it does not seem like a professional, like any sort of professional asset. So, hopefully, it's real. But I, they have yet to follow up on it if it's real
4: or not. So maybe we don't mm-hmm. actually know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. It's it's kind of weird. It's like it's a this of list time, you know. It's like it's the same day thing with like you know, it's kind of weird in that aspect because it's, it's through Apple Arcade. Like I wonder like what the agreements are to like, like even warrant it to be delisted. Like I thought they 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 were just going to be up in naively, you know. I thought that things under the Apple Arcade. It's like okay, what's really how much does it does it take for them to keep to stay on Apple Arcade? Like, what's the upkeep cost? If and like you know, to me, I'm just like it can't be that much to keep, keep them on Apple Arcade. But who knows? I don't actually know. Yeah, um, and, and uh, but it's also just like a tale as old as time, you know. Like uh, like you'd see this with countless mobile games and games in service where just like they're they're alive for like a year or two, and then it's like okay, we're ending service. It's not too far off by like ending service because once you end service, you're pretty much delisting it um because no one can play it anymore like you know on, on the same uh note like platinum games are like babylon's fall for, for example for 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 better or for worse That's it, like to not even judge the game's quality you know that's just like a full last game that no one can play anymore you know like if you separate it from it from the game's quality that's just a, a a fucking platinum games game that you just can no longer play anymore and you know that that's also not even talking about like other platinum games projects not like you know like Transformers Devastation for example delisted years ago um due to licensing agreements i imagine on that end and that just it kind of sucks because you know the Transformers like i stopped out on my steam it's the like i played through it and i was like hey there's a pretty rad transformers uh game it's just a shame that like no one else can fuck has been able
2: to buy it for like yeah how many years you know yeah but yeah, like actually talking about World of Demons, it's it's a neat little game. It's like obviously it's meant so that you can play it on a phone. So the it's 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 a typical like Platinum Games action style game. Uh, funnily enough, it's also kind of an RPG. So I might for fun just write a review about it. Since who else is going to at this point?
4: Yeah, uh, I, I tried it out. Too, and <laughs> World of Demons is a really interesting. Well, like, this this and the Castlevania game that went on Apple Arcade, like, both of these uh, games, like, started like, their life as like, they were planned to release on mobile as, like, a gacha mm-hmm. game, like, in service, right? And then, and some of them even had, like, like, test runs like, at certain regions before they ever saw full release. I don't know if the Castlevania did ever meet full release. I don't know. I don't think World of Demons did. But, like, you can, but it's kind of both of them, like, got onto Apple Arcade and, like, you can see that's, like, it, it was definitely a Gonna be a full-on mobile gacha game at one point, filled with like microtransactions to purchase currency to go roll. And now it's been kind of like retrofitted to Apple Arcade, where you don't you don't have to worry about real-life money transactions. But there's still like daily login bonuses to get the currency to get stuff. Right. So it's just like it's it's a kind of a weird kind of like strapped-on thing. It's like, oh, okay, we can't do this anymore the model anymore, but we we don't have enough time to really overhaul the system
2: per se. Yeah, it's it's really funny how like uh, like at launch for World of Demons Platinum said, oh, we've completely retooled the game for Apple Arcade. No, they didn't. <laughs> you can very yeah. clearly see the seams yeah. of where like uh, the monetization would have been included. You can just feel where the stamina system would have been. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not a bad game, though. Which, well, even if it was a bad game, it sucks it's going to disappear, but it's yeah. like it's it's genuinely pretty good. Like the only major problem I have is there's a really weird, th- weird thing at the end where it's like the game is leading up to a conclusion and then at the last minute it's like, oh, by the way, uh, this was just the first part of the story. Here's a cliffhanger to be continued. Obviously that never happened.
4: And for people who don't know, like the the, the gameplay, like uh, uh, for, uh, correct me if like I'm trying to remember like how, exactly how what I played, but like these are basically like linear stages. They're very; they take a few minutes to complete, and then there's like some parts of it where you uh, go into enemy encounters, and it's a very it's a very ink based uh theming. It looks, so it's a, it's a little bit like a like like kami. Yeah, yeah, it's like Okami, a little yeah. bit like a and so you have like these uh, you can uh, you have uh, different playable characters that you unlock and that there's basic like standard attack strings but i I believe like what you would have like rolled for a gacha for like are these like spirits or demons that you can summon right and then like they you can call upon them and do like either they either i forget if they do you call upon them to do an attack or they like give you like certain buffs or effects on your moves
2: yeah yeah different demons have different things it's like actually like for, like, a game that's meant to be played on a phone, I would say that the combat is pretty interesting, like, all things considered. Like, you have, like, uh, up to three different demons and uh, equipped. You have, like, the two that you come into the stage with, and you can have two equipped per character, and you can go into each stage with two different characters. And then, as you defeat demons, you pick up their souls, and then that lets you use them as a one-time, like, uh, move for those sorts of demons. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty neat. There's also a mechanic where if you have two of the same class or type of demon, like, ne- like equipped at the same time, you can hold down the button to do, like, a special attack with both of them at once. Uh, there's some sl- uh, slight puzzle solving in stages where it's like, hey, maybe there's a giant boulder. You need to find a demon that has the ability to crush it so you can get to, like, a chest there that has, like, resources and stuff. And it's genuinely... A fun time. I wouldn't recommend going through it in a mad dash like I did because the game is going to be deleted in like four or five days. But it's a fun time.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like if you like you try to marathon it, you'll definitely see like, hey, it's a it's pretty repetitive in nature, you know. You're it's not like it's not really throwing super like mega curveballs at you. It's just like it was meant to be like you know played in short bursts um, as like a bite sized thing you did like on a daily basis, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like. Man, if if this had actually gotten like additional updates over the, like over time and they had added more story, this could have been a really cool thing, but it's very clear that instead of doing that, they just put what they had on Apple Arcade and then gave up and now it's like 3 years or oh, the licensing is done. Yeah, we're just going to pull it and we're going to pretend it didn't even exist. Yeah. Which sucks. It, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I agree. But yeah. yeah, it's like just I've been going down this rabbit hole because like obviously I checked out that like Hello Kitty game like in July, which is also an Apple Arcade exclusive. I haven't downloaded it proper, but looking into it, it's like there's a surprising number of games and like RPGs on Apple Arcade that like nobody talks about that. Some of them are really good. Apparently, there's a new like Animal Crossing style like Tamagotchi game. that's really good that just came out like last month. It's yeah, so, yeah. Some some of them have been escaping the Apple Arcade prison and get yeah, like coming to Steam or something. But
4: it's like very far. Like it's very few in between. Like some of them are able to, you know, finally release on other platforms once their agreement with Apple is up. So wasn't very yeah. life. Yes, Arc-
0: Apple Arcade. <laughs> that one's funny. Apparently that game is not great. I haven't played it. Yeah. But if you like, I know for a while, if you like bundled that with like either Triangle Strategy or Octopath Two on Steam, it would actually like make it cheaper like literally just giving the game away <laughs> just
4: yeah. like come on just 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 have various of life in your. you library. know
1: you want Jeez. it i mean
2: i
0: have it yeah. because i think when i bought octopath no i bought something and i bundled it with it <laughs> so like, yeah it's cheaper probably
2: trying probably uh either triangle strategy or live alive
0: yeah um yeah i'm not sure i don't remember but yeah, yeah. it's kind of amusing
2: but yeah uh like world of demons uh if you do have an Apple device and you want to play this uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, if it's not on the day that we released it, uh, you might want to download it now. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's just like, been going through apple arcade games and it's like man there's some wild stuff here did you know that pocket card jockey 2 exists and it's an apple oh, yeah arcade i heard exclusive? about that
4: yeah i heard that was an apple arcade i was like that's really
2: something to release an apple arcade <laughs> like pocket card jockey is one of the best 3ds games that nobody oh, yeah. talks about so it's like i download that's like oh hell yeah i'll play that there's an exclusive like bomberman game that's like kind of like a pac-man championship uh edition type deal with like also like a a higher like a focus on music, which is I interesting. Think there's
4: Like new new Frogger and Pac Man games that came out. Yeah, really yeah, the Apple Arcade. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's like a couple like uh Frogger games, or like kind of in the style of like that, like Tomb Raider, like uh oh, isometric. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That sort of sort of style of game. And then there's also like this is the real weird one, the real weird one. So you guys know about that new Samba de Amigo that came out on Switch last year, right? Yes, I know did. it. You, did you know that that game also that, that a separate Samba de Amigo game also came out on Apple Arcade? It is an upgraded version of the Switch one. The, the Switch
4: up- upgraded version of the Switch.
2: <laughs> there is a there are exclusive songs. There is a story mode in the Apple Arcade version, but not the Switch version. That is a $40 game. It is just straight up. If you want to play the new Samba de Amigo, play it on Apple Arcade if you can. Because it's good. I played a bit of it last night. It's genuinely a good Samba de Amigo. It's a new Samba de Amigo. Like a proper new Samba de Amigo. But the version that people will want to play is Apple Arcade exclusive. I think if more people even knew about like what's on Apple Arcade, they'd be pissed off about that. Yeah,
3: that's wild. That's, Wasn't I, there like an exclusive Sonic game on Apple Arcade that's better I was than talking. The Sonic
2: game. I was talking about it. Sonic Dream Team. I actually played it like uh, just the other day, and it was like, oh man, this is actually one of the best 3D Sonic games. On ironically, it's like, what the fuck? I want to believe, like a-
4: after that agreement with Apple is off that like I- I- Sega seems like at least the the
2: team to put that on other platforms. gosh wow. Choo Choo Rocket was delisted two years ago, and it still oh, hasn't no. been. It hasn't Dang. been ported to anything. <laughs> I
4: would think Sega would be the ones to put it on their platforms. i guess
2: not. And the thing true. that get the thing that pisses me off is that like the people I've talked to that have played that Choo Choo Rocket game are like, yeah, that was like a really, really good game. It's fucked up. It hasn't been ported. It's like, Dang. man. It's like. Uh, moral wow. of the story is I'm not telling people to go out and like buy an Apple TV to play Fantasian. I'm not doing that because I still hope it'll be ported. But also like looking at what's there and looking at World of Demons like disappearing in just like a few days. I'm just going to say it. If if you don't feel confident that it's going to get a port or you don't want to chance that, maybe now's the time for to try and slot in Fantasian. Because genuinely, we don't know what's going to happen to it in the future. And we're getting close enough to that danger zone where if you've ever wanted to play it, Now's the time to consider your options. I mean, that, 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 that's a big acid. Like the upcoming releases. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, I it's know not a great it sucks. I <laughs> it's know. It <laughs> I know it sucks, but it's true. <laughs> it just.
4: It just yeah. here to tell you: go skip Yakuza or uh, go skip Like a Dragon, go skip Persona Three, go skip. Grand you know Rampy what? Rampy. You
2: know what? Those <laughs> games will still be on Steam or the PlayStation Store two years from now. We can't be sure that Fantasian will still be on Apple Arcade two years from now.
4: Right, the, the fuck those games.
1: Go play yeah. Fantasian right
2: now. A <laughs> yeah. very hard sell. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all I wanted to talk about with Apple Arcade. Kind of a tangent from what we usually talk about, but I figured it was worth like a, a small like PSA and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things where that that's that sort of I don't know that just that sort of. Paradigm is just going to be more and more common as more games are in
4: tied to subscription services or platform based storefronts. Yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah. I it just you know that's, that's unfortunately the fucking timeline. One day, child, one day the, the original Grab Blue Fantasy base game will no longer be available to play. At um, all. I'll be sad, but I, <laughs> I also feel like
3: a <laughs> relief. You'll but be I, sad, but I'll, you'll be happy. It's like I'm out of prison. It's like it's like Stockholm syndrome. You know, it's like you're stuck here so long. <laughs> And then uh-huh. you became part of the cause. And then it's like, oh, wait. You, you became part, part of the part cause. Of
0: the problem. <laughs> uh... And then, Adam, how many games do you have like installed on your Wii and Wii U from those shutdowns that, you're, uh, that you just have on your backlog? Yeah, so eventually? when, the, when like, the Wii U virtual console is about to shut down, I just went ahead and bought a bunch of stuff on it. Just one example. I own uh, Crystal Chronicles My Life as a King. I've never played it but you can't get it anywhere else. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to buy it.
3: Yeah. What special we that is.
0: Um, and then Do you like, still
3: have the Domino Pizza app? Does that... St- no,
0: I don't have the Domino <laughs> Pizza app. Uh, but also there was like rumors or I don't know if it was a rumor or it was, I can remember when they were, there was news that like the PlayStation store was going to shut down, like the old version of it with all the like, PlayStation 1 classics and whatnot. And then yeah. so I went ahead and kind of filled up my PlayStation 3 hard drive with a bunch of those. And then I think they reverse the decision. They're like, "No, well, well, these are still available." Um but now I have basically I still have a PlayStation 3 sitting around that has a bunch of digital games on it that eventually you won't be able to get. So I <laughs> I mean I mean even then
4: like I I I believe
0: you can't, you like, can't get that. you can't play those on a PlayStation 4 or 5.
4: Yeah. So they're I, still, believe also, they're I believe still I believe the Fallout
0: way. Even yeah, though they're still the technically available.
4: I believe the fallout of that is like it's like still some some uh, games of that era, like de- did get delisted, uh, like
0: you know, yeah, just I mean, games are yeah. slowly getting delisted anyway. Yeah. The, yeah,
4: the store did not shut down not
1: yet. Yeah. So oh.
4: it's just that's just kind of the. i digital future. i talked you live before
0: in. how like I we have a news today about this Nintendo Switch online subscription, and I honestly would just prefer just be, like virtual console still rather than a subscription. Honestly, but whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I I would rather they just put it up like for sale in the shop, <laughs> right? And then that'd be great.
0: Remember when they put Fire Emblem One like available oh, yeah. to play for a, for a,
4: or for you like could a buy it for like one two one. months?
1: Yeah.
4: yeah, fuck man, that was fucking weird. And I and that and that reminds me of the the Super Mario game bundle as well that they only
1: sold for like a limited time as well. It's like I don't fucking understand anything. Well, that covers us for the games we've been playing section of the podcast
0: and not a huge news slate, but a couple big headlines here opening up with the big, not reveal, but the big detailing of the upcoming expansion for Final Fantasy 14 Dawn Trail, including the announcement of a new job. And as always, when talking about Final Fantasy 14, I'm going to rely and leverage the expertise of James and Chow to kind of break down for us normies what it is we're looking at so i do know that they announced the pictomancer it's a ranged dps class i saw that they showed a few things with like female hrothgar and some dungeons but we'll hand it off back to james to talk about as someone who plays the game i think still pretty regularly what about the details given at FanFest about dawn trail are the what's the relevant key info what, what's what are the big ticket items here
2: yeah uh, so we're kind of in the first off, we're kind of in the lull between expansions. And I'm pretty sure Chow feels the same way We're like, I'm sure we're still logging on here and there, but I'm not actively playing it because like 6.5 drops. I believe uh, 6.55 comes like in just a couple of days. So I'll probably log in for that. But yeah, I've been logging in every so often, but not really playing it actively because there's no new content. It's like, yeah, it's
3: pretty lost kind of stage. I mean, I it have happens. friends that plays, it's like even they don't find like the new setting up story are kind of interesting either. But uh, well, we'll,
2: we'll uh, see how I wasn't I wasn't saying that, Chow. I'm just saying that we're at the point where people that have caught up, there's not really too much of a reason for them to actively log in, unless they're somebody that just literally lives and breathes 14 and nothing else.
3: Wow, you got something to do because you have a house to maintain. <laughs> you're well, forced that, to yeah, pay for subscription for life. You're now. right.
2: You're well. You're right. I just log in once a month and make sure that I log out of my house. That way, it doesn't get auto demolished. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyways, anyways. Uh, so the last uh, fan fest before Dawn Trail happened in Tokyo. One thing: looking at how the Tokyo Fan Fest went. They really need to improve the next North American fan fest because it was already a bad enough like comparison when Europe happened and was like, man, this is way more like this looks like it was way better organized than the uh, Las Vegas one. Now we're looking at Tokyo and it's like, man, there's a lot of folks that were really burnt by how (laughs) uh, the Las Vegas fan fest went last year. But anyways they revealed the second of, well, the last new job be- being added to Dawn trail during the Europe fan fest. They officially revealed Viper, which was a oh, melee, a yeah. d- uh, melee DPS. Really interesting thing where you have like two different like uh, swords that combine into like a, I don't know the exact name of the weapon, but it's like a double bladed, like speeder type thing.
3: We'll just say what Surge used in Chrono Cross.
2: Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, they revealed the the other new job coming to the game with uh the full uh trailer for Dawn Trail at the Tokyo Fan Fest. Um, and it is Pictomancer. It was one of those ones that people kind of expected, uh, just because uh I remember back at the Las Vegas uh fan fest, uh, one of the things that Yoshi P does is that he'll actually wear shirts that are kind of like a tease for what the net like one of the new jobs is going to be and he wore a teenage mutant ninja turtle shirt and people were like what the fuck does that mean and people were like well you know all of the turtles have names based off of artists and so what if the new job is like ink mage cuz there was like a ink mage in the 5.3 dungeon which was kind of like a cheeky reference to oh these are different like uh, warriors of light from different like worlds so the ink mage, maybe that might be a new uh, class. And I guess it sort of is because Pictomancer was officially revealed as the new magical ranged caster uh, DPS job that's coming in Dawn Trail.
1: I have a I have
0: an obvious question that shows how out of the loop I am. Is ninja a class or not?
3: Yes. Yes, yeah. it, okay. it was, so
0: it was like te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Could that just be ninja? <laughs> Used to be
3: known hard as like hard one hard. of the hardest melee class to to play because you had to press so much buttons so fast.
2: You still kind of have to. You still kind of have to. But, anyways, uh, yeah. So that was like the main like announcement. They also showed off uh, female Rothgard. As those were those were announced, I believe, technically before Endwalker came out. Because Endwalker, they uh, announced. Uh, uh, male Viera and they were like okay so we said that Viera and Rothgar were only going to be like uh like gender locked like you would only get female uh, Viera and you would only get male Rothgar. but obviously now that we're making uh male Viera we're going to have to make female Rothgar. those won't come until 7.x which would be event eventually was revealed as on trail so we knew they were coming we knew that they were going to be part of uh This uh, upcoming expansion, but we finally got a trailer for it. Uh, I feel like most people are happy with how they turned out. There were some folks who were worried they were going to be not enough like the Rothgars that are already in the game. But I feel like they kind of struck the balance that most people are happy with. So they had a little trailer showing those off. I know people are excited for those. Uh, they also showed off a bit of the locations that we're going to be exploring in Dawn Trail proper. And the other main thing, probably the most significant thing they showed off at FanFest uh, this time around, was, um, I don't think I need to say it, but especially, at, uh, especially considering some of the comments from Yoshi P., in the lead up to final fantasy 16, there has been a concern that creative business unit three has some issues when it comes to diversity and that might be putting it mildly. And one of the things that uh, 14 has had a problem with for a very long time is that the way that like materials work in 14 darker skin characters basically are illegible. You can't really see them in darker areas because the way that light reflects off of skin tones in that, in that game was very clearly designed only for lighter skinned characters. So one of the things they showcased at Tokyo fan fest and made a very big deal about when showing off the graphical change, the graphical changes to the uh, like graphical update that's coming with Dawn trail is they said, Hey, we know that we've been really bad when it comes to darker skin characters and 14 in the past. And one of the main things that we're trying to do with the graphical update is to make sure that characters that have darker skin tones are way more legible in darker environments. And so they showed a few examples about how, like, darker skin tone characters will look with the graphical update. And it's like, that's really nice to see. I know a lot of folks were worried about Dawn Trail Not just because of like uh, the stuff that happened with 16, but also just because the entire like kind of conceit of Dawn Trail is a bit worrying considering you're literally a, at least in the trailers, a white male coming to the new world to settle a uh, (laughs) dispute in in leadership in basically Brazil. And it's like, uh. (laughs) so seeing the dev team at least say, hey, we're working on. This aspect that we've had issues with in the past does has given a lot of folks a bit more, I don't know the best way of putting this, it's put people more at ease because it shows that the dev team understands that they need to do better and they're actively making an effort to do so, which is good, which I, I, I can't, obviously I can't speak to it, I'm white, but I've seen a lot of folks that have said that they're really happy for at least this much and, it, and it's making people a lot less anxious
0: it's it's kind of it's kind of neat i think cuz it's like it that sort of addition and being able to platform that on a stage kind of crosses like it's a technical thing just making sure that their engine their lighting system can reflect what they want to do with the darker skin characters in the in the darker areas um it's basically it's not content that is uh, um time gated in a way it's basically something that'll be with the game for the rest of its lifetime so something that'll pay dividends throughout that so it's kind of like this cross between artistic technical quality of life all, all in one which is I think kind of neat to see uh, I, did, I did have one question about how the races work in Final Fantasy 14 so they let's say they announced that starting with Dawn Trail you can play as a female Hrothgar now if you wanted to play as that does that require a brand new character starting at level one or are there ways to shortcut around that if you have leveled up the character can, already or how does that work y-
2: you can buy a uh, bottle of Fant- a vial of Fantasia to change your character's uh, uh, basic lo- like base parameters. You can change uh, their uh, gender. You can change their race. You can change pretty much everything about them if you buy one of those. Uh, thankfully, because of the graphical update, they are giving everyone a free vial because they know that they've been they've been trying very hard to make sure that even though the graphical update looks better. Inevitably, some folks are not going to like how their uh, characters look in the new update, so they decided just to be on the safe side, they're giving everyone a free uh, chance to redo aspects of their character without paying for a vial, because they know that inevitably at least a few people are going to be like, oh, I don't like how mine looks now, I kind of want to change it.
3: That kind of so, happened to me and Ion. It's the same thing they did, like a graphic update. And my character, you know, I actually like the way she looks before. But after the graphic update, it's like, mm, this looks all wrong. The lighting is all different, you know? It's just... Yeah. I had to, like, redo this it. This quite the,
0: the same. Redo. But I know even a few people with Baldur's Gate 3, um, you make your character in the character creator. But then, like, in the cutscenes in the game, the lighting's a little different. And you're like, uh, actually, yeah. I wish I could change this. And you couldn't originally. Now you can. They added an update where you can yeah. change. But, you know, whenever you change, whenever you're messing with things like lighting for sure it's a good idea just allow people to change their character look
2: yeah so technically that means anyone that uh picks up dawn trail they can just immediately switch the female rothgar if they want to so no, i think that's that's neat
0: because not like well we have this but at the cost of you having to start all over so that's it's good to know that they have that yeah. right in
2: there yeah uh the last bit of news from uh Tokyo Fan Fest that I guess is kind of a big deal, but only really for a specific subset of uh, 14 players. Uh, the newest Ultimate Raid got officially announced, and uh, not too many details, but despite the fact that most people expected the newest Ultimate Raid to be based off of the Stormblood main scenario, they are skipping, he- uh, like skipping ahead and immediately going to the Shadowbringers 8-person like, Raid. For the basis of the new ultimate raid. I, I know was so
3: hyped for that. Because I fucking love Eden. I think that's the greatest raids that they ever designed. For the savage tier.
2: Yeah. But- it, and I know quite a few people that are like. Man I, I'm glad I'd, that before this. Were like I'm glad I don't have to raid immediately. Because I only care about the Shadowbringers raid. And once that happens. I will raid so I can do the ultimate. And it's like. Ah fuck. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they were planning on just skipping. Like uh, the. Uh, the next Stormblood ultimate. So they're like, oh, I'll wait until like 2025 to like raid so I can get into the newest ultimate. It's like, nope, you're raiding at launch because you're not going to want to deal with Party Finder so you can get your clears so you can do an ultimate raid. I am sorry. They're planning to have a good I, year. I, I can't wait
3: for Light Rampant to traumatize people again. It's such a good way to get traumatized. It's like, can you draw a bow tie with your party member? No, then yeah, you're all fucking over. dead. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: There, there is a lot of people that are going to be like, "Oh no, they're going to make light rampant worse." <laughs> so that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, but, the, uh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. it's gonna play rock paper scissors. you have to draw out the the proper answer uh, to to it?
2: So I wouldn't be shocked if there was something like that, where it's like, you have to do a different maneuver depending on, maybe you have to do it like multiple. Anyways, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. probably going to rate it. I'm probably going to rate it. (laughs)
1: Well,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Dawn trail is looking to be pretty good. Uh, I feel like a lot of folks were kind of like more muted in how they felt about it. And like in the first couple of fan fests uh, leading up to this, I feel like with the information they've shown off now, I feel like you're starting to get some more of that hype. And I'm sure like later this year, there's going to be the preview event for Dawn Trail. And I I assume we'll, we'll probably get an invite and like, I'm guessing... April we have May. Date? Oh okay. you're answering well, my question for me. This well, is
3: summer for it. summer. So
2: probably like oh, June okay. or July. So I'm assuming the preview event will probably be like April or May. So the next we'll hear about Dawn Trail will probably be around then, and you'll probably hear about it on the podcast.
3: Yeah. Like they said they didn't want to announce like a firm release date because what happened with N Walker was like, Oh, they announced it and later on they delayed it by a month because certain stories wasn't ready or they wanted to change because it didn't feel right. And, yeah. and they don't want to make any commitment this time in case something like that happens again.
4: Uh, this title is shadow drop. it's like, it's actually out now.
1: like a Square Enix move <laughs> in an epic game store. <laughs> the next piece of news that we have is the one that Adam kind of teed up. Earlier in this podcast,
0: it's an announcement for a game on the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscription. So this is the remind me how this works. This is the upper tier of the two possible Nintendo Online Premium Nintendo subscription. Yeah, there's a couple different tiers. Yeah, and that is is that they announced that Golden Sun and Golden Sun: The Lost Age will be available to play on Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack uh, this week, January sixteenth. So of course, some games that are you know near and dear and nostalgic for a lot of us, at least us older people, as uh, boomers. Um, mm. Though I've only played a little bit of the first one, and I, I think the second one is the one that people to my uh, to second my one's a good from, one.
3: But the thing is, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think really highly of this series. I know a lot of people do, but I feel like the story feels just talk forever and doesn't go anywhere. I, I, I think anyway. they're
4: okay. I'm not. I'm not like super like uh, yeah. I'm not like super like you know. Yay, Golden Sun, just like, it's, it's, it's like okay to me.
3: <laughs> when people say, like, what was it, the DS version also bombed? Was it, what was the DS one Dark called? Dark
0: Dawn.
3: Dark Dawn, oh man. Yeah, I remember that one failed, and I was like, oh, that's what I expected. Oh, I feel like, <laughs> no, there's like a very big following from this series. Like,
0: no. <laughs> I'm big following for this series. Anyways, so, Golden Sun, um... It's basically a game of GBA... It's a pair of GBA games that are released like on 2000 and 2001 or something like that, right around there. And it's pretty much one of those games that feels like a single game split in two. The first game by itself, honestly, I don't think it's great. But it's pretty much just a lead-up to the second game, which I say is good. I, I'm not like, like Josh. I'm not like a gigantic Golden Sun fan. I'm sorry for listeners who wanted us to be more excited about this. I think it's a good game, but really... The first game is more just like an appetizer to the second and one the couple of things that golden sun i think does really well or at least like differently than games like maybe made modern in the modern day first of all dungeons are back uh dungeon dungeons in the jrpgs is always like a tricky topic because some people love dungeons and some people wish they're like think they're like an, an- antiqu- antiquated you know design thing that don't that have no place in the genre anymore but Golden Sun games have dungeons with puzzles and block pushing and a bunch of Dijin uh, uh, mechanics and things like that. And so that's a pretty big component of the game. And I think it's pretty cool, that, that part. And I mentioned the, the the Dijin or Dijini, forget exactly what they're called. This mechanic is actually pretty unique. Uh, if you're not familiar, throughout the game, you can pick up these basically little elemental creatures called Dijin or Dijinny. And... Uh, they can basically, you equip them to your characters and you can kind of determine how many you set on each character. Um You have four characters and they are one for each element. There's like fire, earth, ice, and wind or something like that. Or water and wind. But um you basically can set them to your characters and improve their stats or you can set them in a certain different way for like summoning capability. And there's a bunch of different like summons in the game. So there's this kind of interesting balancing act of like how you want to appropriate your or allocate your your Djinni's that you find. And there's also that collectible aspect of trying to find them through the various puzzles and side quests and things like that, or navigation, exploration sort of things. So those are some mechanics that I think are pretty unique and interesting to Golden Sun. Um, Ch- Chow is right. One thing about these games that I don't think people might remember, but it's actually kind of annoying, is the dialogue in these games is very slow. The characters mm. talk very slowly, uh, and after like every line of dialogue, they do like an emoji type reaction. I hope I'm making sense. Or there's like a weird like emoticon face or like, you know, uh, icon that kind of like gives their like mood and it, it I kind not... of just drags things out.
2: <laughs> I have but... not played Golden Sun, but I have played, uh, Mario Golf Advanced Tour, which has the exact same thing. So I know you're exactly what you're off, talking so yeah, about. Yeah, you're yeah that's, far but that's off. also Camelot
0: <laughs> developer, right? Yeah.
2: Yep, that's Camelot. Yep. Um
0: so that part I think is actually kind of annoying. It's kind of cute at first, but then it kind of drags on. Um but there's also an interesting thing with like when you play the first game, and then there's sort of a cliffhanger ending and leading to the second game. It does the it does the kind of neat not it's not totally novel these days but you change protagonists you change your perspective you're like playing as a new party of characters um in the second game but it is a direct continuation of the first game and that's not a spoiler that's just like a premise thing really nowadays you can even see it in the key art that they showed for this announcement you basically show what's his, it's uh, felix and isaac are the two main characters isaac are the first and game felix the main the character second. yeah that game will not talk yeah and then he talks in the second game right or I can't
3: remember. Oh, he doesn't talk in the second. He talks in the first game. Like Felix, oh. for example. Right? It's a Persona
0: 2 problem. Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I honestly think Dark Dawn is a fine game. I actually had a friend make a kind of a fun like comparison. Um, so uh, this is sort of a tangent. I'm, a, I'm sorry. But the end of Golden Sun 2 leaves a couple of like lingering questions. Not necess- Golden Sun 2 is uh, the lost age. Um, it's not necessarily a cliffhanger. It's sort of like a lingering thread. And the thread is basically, where's Alex? Alex is one of the characters in the game, kind of the antagonist. Um, and then Dark Dawn comes ar- along and doesn't, uh, this is like years later, and doesn't, Elaborate on this at all, and then sort of also ends on the cliffhanger. Where is Alex? And it like never follows up on that. So when people say like Dark Dawn didn't like conclude or wrap up stuff and just leaves more questions, that's kind of what they're referring to. And the 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 uh, the comparison that a friend of mine made is it's like Shenmue Three, where like yeah. you get a, you find you get a new continuation, but it doesn't actually continue anything. It just leaves the question still hanging uh, mm. about like where's uh, Lanbi, I guess in that case. Um, but anyways, I think Dark Dawn is a fine game, maybe not excellent, but it's fine, but it doesn't have an ending or it does, it does, but it's, there's, it leaves room for more. That'll probably never happen. But anyways, sorry if I'm sounding a little down. Um, but (laughs) I think the fact that these games that were like brought back in some way into a subscription service is cool. It sort of is that Nintendo remembers that these games exist sort of thing. Um, but it's still, it's still
4: It's still weird that like it's locked behind a subscription. Yeah, service. I mean I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I would I would just love it if some of these classic games, whether it's these more niche titles or something like Ocarina of Time, you could just buy a digital version on Switch and play it. That would be nice.
3: But you, can. I have a question. Do you think Mother of Free will ever come to any
0: of these things? Uh, I mean, I would have said no, but then you get stuff like the first Fire Emblem randomly showed up. You
4: know, that was like on yeah. the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Here, it'll come, but it'll only be available for one week. Go. Yeah.
2: I, I, think, <laughs> I think there was literally a chance for Mother 3 to come out on the Wii U. I believe the rumor that circulated where Nintendo looked into it, but ultimately decided that the Magypsies were too sort of a subject, and they knew that if they, they changed it, people would be angry. If they didn't change it, people would be angry, and they decided they just didn't want to touch it. I genuinely think that's what happened.
1: Mm, yeah, I've never okay, played Mother 3, so I'm actually not familiar with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll buy it. Uh, better to just leave it there.
2: If people want to play it, there's a really good fan translation that's uh, been around for over a decade. So
0: It is a little bit like, I don't know if sour is the right word, but it's like, it's Golden Sun, but... Prior to this week, if you wanted to play it, you had to pull out your old GBA or GBASP and grab a cart and hope it's not a bootleg. I mean, you okay. don't have to do that.
4: There, there's other easier ways to do this. There's the, yeah. um, super easy ways to do this for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my I, god! I
0: mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, officially, I, 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 if, I if you want to, su- if you want to support the release, I,
4: I, I mean, how are you really supporting the release? These these have been out of print for God knows how long.
0: Yeah. So
4: how are you supporting it? Go to a pawn shop. Oh, I'll get this for a, a very, a very high price. Probably don't worry. Yeah, I, have actually, a, I, a
3: I <laughs> copy of Mother Free for. I bought it for
0: forty dollars from some dude. Here we go.
4: Yeah, I'm really supporting. Oh, I, it as, I uh, wonder how how
0: much hand Golden Sun cards. cost. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah
4: I'm, I'm really supporting it by paying like a thousand dollars for it at a, at a pawn shop. There, you know, That's back then
3: <laughs> people were trying so hard to get rid of Mother Free. Like I remember, like what was it Slay Asia? They were selling it for like forty dollars for the. Game Boy Micro edition, like for forty dollars, and nobody
1: was buying it for some stupid reason. Like they were trying to like get rid of some clearance. Well, with that, we'll move on to some trailers. So
0: let's see here. Uh, out of all these trailers, I think the one that is maybe most interesting is we got a very, well, maybe not because it's actually pretty short. A short new. Uh, trailer for the upcoming P- PC release of Horizon Forbidden West. So we kind of know that this is coming. It's slated for. Do we have a window for it? Slated for? I think it just said early, early this in. year. Yeah. Early this year. Um, and then this wasn't actually announced by. By Sony, but it was uh, an Nvidia announcement that was tied to uh, CES, which just happened or is going on potentially still right now. Uh, just a um, an Nvidia GeForce DLSS three whatever showcase for the upcoming Horizon Forbidden West, and it's only like forty seconds of basically technically a uh, technically focused trailer but kind of also just a reminder like oh yeah horizon forbidden west I didn't release on pc yet horizon uh zero dawn when it did release for pc kind of released in not the greatest shape uh but that was when who ported that one virtuous was that it well the new uh, one was was is like really on says which was bought by Sony yeah because that time, yeah it, that's, that's kind of you teed up basically kind of what i was getting to is that horizon zero dawn was that that was sony's first pc Project right. Yeah, it was either the it first was, or yeah.
2: One the first. Yeah, I I will was, say that it's it's funny how like it it's not incorrect to say that like the original Horizon uh, Zero Dawn port had a bit had a bit of a messy start, but I feel like compared to a lot of PC ports these days, it's actually one of the better ones at launch. <laughs> well, Brian mentioned I, before I that his that experience one. is actually not too bad. Yeah,
0: but um, it was it wasn't great and. Since then, I think Sony has been kind of up and down with the PC ports. The uh, so like one that was on real bad it. was Last of Us. I remember was real interesting. Was that Some like the things Iron that Galaxy? That, I
2: don't know. Uh, Last of Us, um, it was uh, Naughty Dog themselves. They wanted to do it themselves, oh. and since they didn't have any PC porting experience because they're an internal Sony uh, Sony studio there were some issues with regards to like uh, memory allocation. And uh, like one thing I think at launch, people re- notice is that instead of having like a step, like the memory system was retooled to better work on a PC where you have VRAM and system memory separate. Instead, it basically tried to have like uh, every, like the same data in both video memory and system memory at the same time, because like, the ps5 is like a unified memory system so it, it it was just a mess and then there was issues with, with like texture quality and like uh, vram requirements for textures and a lot of that's been fixed now now it's actually decent enough but at launch it was definitely uh ooh this is this is a bit of a mess yeah
1: Virtuous did zero dawn and then uh, last year, or a little over a year ago,
0: Sony acquired Nixus as a specific like studio for PC porting, and then they're the ones doing uh, Forbidden West. And Nixus so, has been doing pretty good PC ports for a long time now. I remember back in like the Idos before they were a Sony studio, they did a bunch of oh, Idos Tomb Raider
2: 2013, yeah, yeah.
0: And, the, and I mean, I'm not going to say all their ports are excellent. I'm sure they've had a few issues here and there, but overall, just in general, pretty good. So, and I think did they do the Spider Man? pc port i think the first one
2: i think they might have that that sounds right that sounds right let me let me double check really quick though because i'm checking
4: right now yes there's also a a ratchet and clank rift and time pc yeah rift apart Yeah,
2: yeah they they did do that one i do know ratchet and clank had some issues with regards to it's like uh Okay, Nexus did do Spider Man Remastered on PC, but uh, yeah, they also did uh, Ratchet and Clank. That was generally a good port, though. Did have issues with its uh, fuck, what's it called uh, direct storage implementation because uh, there was like a performance drop if you had it enabled, which if you if your system supported it, it would automatically be enabled, and some people were like. delete this one DLL file from the game's directory and you'll get less performance tips during uh sections where like the, like portals would be used. Like, mm-hmm. so it was a bit of a mess there. I think it's better now. And it was like the first PC game to use direct storage with the GPU decompression. So it makes sense. There would be some teething issues, but yeah. Anyways, the game itself, I think I'm the only one who's played it. Um, It's
0: fine. It's, good enough i don't think these horizon games they're not groundbreaking they're not stellar they kind of feel like a ubisoft game with a better combat system because i do think the ranged kind of trap based combat in horizon is a high point it's something that it does do a little bit differently than a lot of uh, open world aaa exploration action rpgs um and this game does make a few changes from the original that are a little bit weird. I remember one person made a kind of a weird kind of complaint, like is Ma- or is a, is Horizon uh, Forbidden West trying to be like Mass Effect because there's a little bit more emphasis on like companions, but it's kind of weirdly implemented because the game doesn't have like a party. They just you just kind of collect companions, sort of. It's kind of like loosely attached to the game itself. Um. I remember playing the Burning Shores expansion, which th- that expansion was PS5 only, where the whole game itself was cross-gen, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And I remember playing that expansion and it's basically the, uh, it's basically like Guerrilla Games flexing. It looks really nice, like in terms of just pure visual fidelity, it looks really, really good on PS5. So I'm kind of curious, like what can they do with a PC version of this uh, game? It might look outstanding. Brian, do you think you're going to be playing this since you played the first one on PC? Uh, I I want to play it eventually.
1: Because
0: now I kind of have that investment now where it's like, oh, I can't leave the second one undone because my brain is rotted. But uh, it all depends on when it releases. Like, if it's going to release in March, I'll be like, nope. Or April, nope. May, sure. February, yes. right.
2: March 22nd. Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: God. There
0: you
3: go. (laughs) He's going to ignore every big release to play been.
2: Oh oh no, but what about Princess Peach Showtime? That's <laughs> true. It's
3: already out, isn't
2: it? No, no wow. that comes out on the same day as Dragon's Dogma 2 and Rise of the Ronin.
3: Oh, easiest skip ever.
2: And uh, The Yay, Legend of Legacy. That's going to yeah. probably sell better than both of those games. <laughs> Have you That's seen how many copies of Luigi's Mansion 3 sold?
1: That's true. Yep, that'll be coming out uh, later this
0: year, and NVIDIA is flexing on it. So, hopefully, just for everyone's like egg on their face or lack thereof, that it releases in a slightly better state. Get your 40, 40, 70,
4: or 80 supers ready or whatever. Yeah. um... (laughs) Are you going to get a 40 whatever super, Ryan? Uh, He has a
2: 4090, so
4: he's
1: probably set. Yeah, it has a 4090. There's no
2: reason. There's no reason. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: We have a couple other trailers and announcements. Here's a game that I'm not well familiar with. Maybe someone here can can carry me as I fumble through this. But we've got an announcement of another Yan Wan Sword game. Yan Wan Sword Where Gate of the Xuan Formant. Yuan, I think it's how to it's pronounced. Yeah, Chow, help, help me out here, Chow. Uh, there you go. Xuan Yuan Sword Gate of the Firmament has been announced for PS5. And then Xuan Yuan Sword 7. Has been uh, the switch release of that game has been updated. So this came as part of an East Asia Soft showcase that uh, showed uh, both of these games uh, in a little ten minute, twelve minute little video stream.
1: That's this not as funny. I know. That uh,
3: was it. The screenshots in our page are all talking in Japanese. <laughs> oh, I just saw that. Okay, yeah. You know, we're advertising a Chinese game, but the screenshots are all in. In
4: Japanese. I, I mean, it's it's not it's not it's not the uh, weirdest thing in the world. Like you know, some Chinese mobile games they don't have Chinese voice acting; they have Japanese voice acting in them. Hey, Do people realize we're... that Genshin is Chinese and not Japanese. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: And here, Adam, we got another trailer for a game that you were kind of looking forward to. We talked last week about how certain publishers, for better or for worse, depending on the game. End up like releasing so many trailers, and in depending on your point of view, it can either be seen as smart or obnoxious, just depending on multiple factors. Maybe those are the same we've been thing. getting, maybe we've been getting a slew of trailers for this game, Banisher's Ghosts of New Eden, which was moved from a crazy stack time last year to a crazy stack time this year, uh, coming out in February. And we got yet another trailer for it. Uh, this is like the, the ninth a trailer or something or maybe not ninth, but it's we've gotten a a significant number of trailers for this game. So they're doing their best for trying to get their game some attention. Anyways, if you're not uh, familiar with this game, worry. this is a game from French studio Don't Nod, um team behind the original couple Life is Strange games, as well as their our action RPG three or four years ago Vampire. Um and one thing that Dot Nod has said in a lot of their uh, like financial results is that for their like biggest projects they're really focusing in on these like RPG mechanics and RPG games so this is probably one of that studio's biggest games ever made i'm sure it is they also release a lot of smaller games too like they had um Gerda Flame of Winter was like an action adventure sort of game that came out not too long ago no, I'm 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 not, I'm not sure if the game my studio is mixed up. Who made who developed Jusant and didn't I think James played that. That right? was
2: that was don't, don't not yeah. It was the same studio. Yeah, so they.
0: what my point is is that they kind of have like these smaller indie AA scale games and then like this is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. This is probably one of their bigger budget games. I played Vampire last year kind of in preparation for this. Um I'm curious about this game. The the, the main th- premise of the game and I know we've mentioned this before but I'll say it again there's like two main characters man and a woman they're married or lovers in some in some way and they're ghost hunters like they kill ghosts and various afterlife beings and whatnot but premise of the game is the woman dies and sort of becomes a ghost herself so kind of have that weird you know pairing of we are ghost hunters and one of us is a ghost so uh
2: this is an unreal engine 5 game isn't it I'm not sure off the top of my head that would make oh. sense because I know Jussant was and just looking at the trailer, it's like I've played a lot of Unreal Engine 5 games last year, so I'm starting to kind of notice uh its little tricks. So
0: now when I trailer played Vampire good. last year, and I mentioned this on the podcast, Vampire had some really interesting like dialogue mechanics in terms of the way um you like how you interact with NPCs and how you learn more about them. There's like a whole web of learning about NPCs. And in that game, it literally gave you experience, which I think um, was uh, kind of interesting in terms of like a vampire game, kind of reminding me of Vampire the Masquerade. But the combat in that game was pretty poor. It was acceptable. So I'm curious to see how this game's mechanics work, both like combat as well as uh, uh, dialogue NPCs, if there's really much of that, or quests, things or things like that. So, But it comes out in the middle of february which is not an ideal time not Not ideal
2: yeah yeah it's like i did really enjoy juicet which i literally only played because it was on game pass and i needed a game to play uh but uh that was good enough that i'm willing to give some more of their games a a shot so So you're gonna play a vampire I, not at launch, <laughs> not not at launch. Too many games. I mean, it's already out. It's a uh, vampire's been out for a, a while. Yeah, I played Please. vampire, not banishers. So sorry, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's yeah coming out. That's coming out in February. Coming out in March, we have um, uh, VanillaWare and Atlas's new game, Unicorn Overlord. And we kind of had I don't know what you call it, like a like a newsletter. Update for this game uh, detailing characters and some gameplay features. Uh, Was it right before the holiday break? It was somewhere like November. Yeah, Yeah, it was Uh, was around
4: December-ish. Yeah,
0: and then they released a trailer now called unicorn overlord commanders guidance exploration tips so it seems like this is going to be my guess is like the first of a series of yeah. kind of like gameplay focused snippet videos uh so this first one uh is about three minutes long and it talks about like overworld exploration finding settlements that need help how quests are involved you get a lot of look at like the ui here which i always like to see not only like the art that vanillaware is known for in the dialogue and the portraits, but like how the quest menus will show up, main quest, side quest, liberation. You like seeing so what the player will out. actually
4: see when they're playing the video game.
0: Yeah, how the game actually oh, uh, works. Crazy. And then uh talks about how, you know, you'll find some settlements that you'll have to supply some materials to. And then once you do, you can like uh interact with that place. And the, 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 the thing they focus on here is opening taverns to... um be able to see like the, mm-hmm. uh, the food art that was mm-hmm. that, that was shown. So it's like, <laughs> oh, that's how that's that's how that is interfaced in the um, uh, in the game. Not-
4: all around the continent, you're right, VanillaWare. Um, they they actually released a second trailer for this game. That's uh, actually what I thought was pretty cool. But it's only for people who's getting the collector's edition. They showed like a like a really nice like video tutorial with like a nice infographic. Of like exactly how the Unicorn Overlord uh, tabletop card game that's in the collector's edition is played, um, it's it's actually a, it's actually a pretty nice video for like people who are interested in like maybe thinking about getting the collector's edition or who are really into like you know tabletop card games. So they give a really nice video tutorial up on the Atlas YouTube uh, about. There's also
3: that. a trailer for a 16-bit soundtrack.
4: Yeah, uh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. They give they give soundtrack samples for the 16-bit. Album coming with it in the collectors. I, I think this
3: is actually like my second like most hyped game of this year, <laughs> more than Relic and and stuff. It's, just, it's it, it
4: seems really cool. You know, I'm, I'm looking so forward
1: to it. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm excited. excited. I, what's your first, Chao? I'm curious. Chao, what's yeah. your first most hyped game? If Seven if Rebirth. A uh, oh, no, that's okay. a good. One. That makes sense. Yeah. The rest of the headlines here are some
0: like release dates and sales updates. Uh, Fuga Melodies of Steel has sold the series, so the first and second game, uh, 400,000 downloaded copies between 1 and 2. In addition, we have a new available demo for F- Fuga Melodies of Steel 2 where you can play uh, chapter 1, 2 and I, uh, it says up to chapter 3. Uh, I, I believe this is available on all the games platforms. Um, so Good to know that, this game, that the game has been seeing some success, even though the fact that they're pairing the first and second game together is kind of obscuring how well the second game might have done relative to the first. I also, don't know if ever got any sales updates for only the first game to try to glean what the split might look like.
2: Also, this is one of those things where both Fuga 1 and 2 have been on Game Pass and they're saying downloads. So we uh, really don't know how much it sold since it's been on Game Pass. I wouldn't be shocked if ever since these games were added to Game Pass if sales dropped off a cliff because it wasn't exactly selling super hot to begin with. And I remember, I remember right after the Game Pass deal was announced, that was when CyberConnect2 said, yeah, the series is now profitable because it was in red before then. So it was literally the Game Pass deal that made it so that these games ended up being a financial success
0: yeah and well i mean that, 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 that's just good news because then like i think we talked about this back when we when we shared that information like yeah the salesman dropped off the cliff but if the game pass deal allowed them to be in the black as a result of the release yeah. of the game on game pass then it's all,
2: all the better I, for it yeah i hope we still get a three uh, things have been a bit shaky like i remember when i asked about it at a uh, anime expo i was given an answer that was very dismissive of the idea and then there's been like a few statements afterwards that kind of makes it unclear whether or not a third game is still in development like it seems like the president of cyber connect 2 is all and on on uh, making fuga 3 which makes sense he is very openly a furry <laughs> not even not even an exaggeration so it's like He's probably like pushing them to make a third one, which I mean, all power to him. But like it uh, does not seem like uh, some other folks in the company are super keen on the idea, which I guess would make sense if uh, the only reason that one and two were successful is if they got a game pass deal. So if they can't get the same for the third game, the chances are it's not going to be financially viable, I'd imagine.
1: And alongside this news, the only other nugget is that there were um some celebratory uh
0: illustrations made celebrating the four thousand four hundred thousand four hundred thousand downloads.
4: I'd like to see the other trilogy of vengeance games before a third Fuga game, to be honest.
2: Yeah, Never one thing it. I yeah, one thing I was told at anime expo is that is that uh, uh I know one of them was Cecile and then everyone was Tokyo Oh, sorry, Tokyo okay, Ogre. Gate? So Yeah, Tokyo Aggregate. Apparently those two games are now in active development so yeah. it might be a case of Fuga 3 is coming but they're focusing on the other two trilogy of vengeance games first because they're different IPs like obviously Fuga 2 only people who played Fuga 1 should play that and Fuga 3 you'd have to play the first two. Two entirely different games with different gameplay styles there's more of a chance of those being successful so It would make sense for them to focus on those first and give uh, Fuga 3 like a smaller team as they uh, work on the ever stuff first. If I was in charge, that's what I would do. And it seems like that might be what they're doing.
1: Coming out in February, this
0: is going into release dates now. We're getting... WoLong Fallen Dynasty Complete Edition as a digital release on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox. So, this is kind of everything you would expect it to be throughout last year. WoLong got three DLC packs and a few collaborations. The Complete Edition will package in anything that was pre ordered with the game uh, the three DLC packs, the Armors, uh, the Neo 2, Naraka Blade Point, and Lies of P collaborations. The only thing that seems like is new new to this, I think, Adam, is this thing they mentioned the thousand mile journey. They call that new endgame content. Uh, I don't know what that is. The, the press release doesn't really go into detail, but basically, an all in one gold edition for well long, which is pretty, I think, kind of expected at this point. It's whenever there is, the, the, the uh, deal yeah, like
4: it, so mm-hmm. you know. You get your three
0: DLCs once every three months, and then it all gets packaged together at the end.
4: The only, the only ever like weird thing I ever got was like the Liza P collaboration. It's like, all right, sorry
0: yeah, yeah, before
4: the game released, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, cool. uh,
2: I, 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 I feel like it's funny because like nowadays, it definitely seems like Liza P had a much bigger splash on the uh, Souls like playing audience, like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and
0: that was from a, like, a, like a newcomer to the block in terms of the yeah, developer. I'm pretty but... sure that collaboration came about just because the team at Neo Wiz is just like we like the we like the uh, Team Ninja games, so we want we we contacted them, I guess, to do a collab.
4: And now Neo is like, oh, you mean Team Ninja, those small timers, those chumps we collaborated with, with our God game. Exactly, I have a like God that.
3: game. It's called Guide and Sigma Black. Thank you. was. <laughs>
4: Uh, it's uh, you said Sigma, so it can't be a God game. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. You're a fake Ninja Gaiden fan, Chow. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm... You've you've ex- you've exposed yourself. Yeah, I heard Sigma. It's like well, opinion discarded.
3: <laughs> no, it's like the OG Xbox version. Okay, that's not, not yeah, Sigma. That's
2: not Sigma. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you mean the OG Xbox version <laughs> or Ninja Gaiden Black? Yeah.
3: The yeah.
2: Ninja Guy in Black, the OG yeah. one. Sigma the PS3 version.
3: Okay, I got mixed up because like, I don't play. Is is
0: Sigma the, the baby version, the drug yes. version?
3: It's like when they nerfed everything. And I, I it doesn't have like the original uh what is it? Uh, Itakaki working on it. And I think he he just owned that. It's not it's not part it, of it, his it,
1: it's just,
4: it just it just feels very weird and also like that like the additions to it like to kind of feel watered down. The the Ninja Gaiden Black was very very pure, I guess, is the best way to it's describe
1: it. It's a very me. difficult game as well. Yeah. Yes.
0: This is a combination of a release date announcement, plus a fairly decent look at some gameplay for the upcoming Sandland. This is the Bond and joint with joint uh, based on the Toriyama manga. And the release date for Sandland is coming on April 26th alongside the announcement of the release date we got a trailer and the trailer shows a fair bit of of gameplay um almost entirely like the vehicular movement and combat and it actually looks pretty deep like lots of it just both like fidelity lots of moving parts lots of particle effects um just the speed of the mech seems pretty interesting uh it shows a very small section of like on foot gameplay um but mostly vehicle Gameplay and I don't know. It just looks like a fun time. I I don't know anything about Sandlands. So I have no idea like what I'm looking at uh, in context, but just just looks like a fun time. And late April might actually be at a decent release window for this. Is it?
1: May- uh, I don't oh, know what it else. Is it's the same late April?
0: week as Aiden and Saga. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I thought Saga <laughs> was early
2: April. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing I'll say about this is they also revealed the collector's edition and there's a figure that comes with it. They didn't understand the assignment. Nobody wants the the main character. They want the tank. <laughs> yeah,
4: that is true. You're you're definitely right. No one cares about the fucking character staying on a rock. They want a, They want a fucking cool vehicle with it. Um, I think I think I think that's kind of like gonna be the that's gonna be the make it or break it uh, of this game to me. To be uh like like I think I think vehicular combat and variety is like. I think the, the standout feature of this game. Um, and I so think this game is, is basically like,
0: like anime Metal Max. If Metal Max yeah. is not
4: anime enough. Yeah. Or... <laughs> um, yeah. So hopefully it's cool. Like you know, uh, like they, they need. To, I forgot if they have a release date for that uh, Sandland anime film. Whatever.
2: Didn't they already show it at like Comic Con, uh, like San they? Diego Comic Con? I'm pretty sure they did. I forgot. I forgot if they got a home release yet. Maybe they already showed it at
4: an
1: event, but not, not the home release yet. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's I, I, hopefully I get around to this game. I don't know
4: they, they, if it. If I don't, then I don't. Man, you can't blame me. It's fucking Saga and Ayuden on the, in the same week. So yeah, yeah. My
2: my order of operations is literally Saga, a Uden then maybe Sandland if there's something else that doesn't get announced for April. I love so, people time. tell me it's like, oh no, Sandland is
4: But we don't know. We don't know. I don't know. Hopefully yeah. it is good. I want it to be. Fast forward like <laughs> eight months from now, we're all going to be like,
0: that's not going to be disappointing, but Sandland though.
2: That thought was a fucking I'll, good I'll, name I'll, of the year. <laughs> I'll have to consult with uh, my, uh, my good friend Kai, who has a Sandland avatar. So he will definitely <laughs> be playing that game. So I should ask him, like in late April, is that game good? That's right.
1: (laughs) The last news announcement we have here is something that has
0: was announced a couple years ago, but we didn't cover it on our site and there weren't any updates in the last year. It is a remaster for a DS game called WizMan's World. I don't know if that released in English. Uh, the DS version. The remaster is called man's World Retry. It was announced by publisher City Connection back in 2022 Um, it doesn't look like there were any major updates throughout all of 2023 until now, where City Connection has announced that it'll be releasing uh on console on May 30th for Japan, and then later in 2024 for both PC and Xbox. The PC version does mention that it will have English subtitles on the Steam page, so that's likely that when it comes to Xbox and PC, that'll be a worldwide release. Uh, but the, that's just that's kind of putting two and two together. That's not been officially... It's all but confirmed, to put it that way. And then uh, a trailer, just like in uh, For Sandland, a trailer alongside the release date announcement was provided as well. So Hopefully I teed that up pretty well, even though I don't know much about this game?
4: I don't, the, know, anything the DS about Man. I don't know about anything about Jellico or Wizman's World.
1: All <laughs> right, a, I'm going to look bad. up
0: I'm going to look up Did the DS game come out uh in in English. I don't know. How do
4: you know anything about this?
3: I do not know anything. I do know Jellico make a bunch of like beat them up games for Super Nintendo. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, maybe this might be like one of the very few like
4: complete Blake slots we have. Uh, like,
0: yeah, well it, well, it looks like it's a DS game from 2010 that wasn't released in English. So I think uh. we have a little bit of a leash there. So No,
4: I don't know. Uh, people uh, are going to be uh, very mad you're like, "What? You don't know about Wizman's World?" <laughs> bunch of normies.
0: Well, I, well i'm glad i'm glad kite was able to you know he, he was he had a, a health scare in the last couple of months and he's kind of Ooh. back on the mend and was able to cover yeah. this for us so i'm glad kite was looking out for stuff like this because it's this stuff that you know would fall into the radar otherwise so we'll shout we'll shout him out here while we have the chance
3: i'm gonna send something in in voice chat have you ever seen this awesome nes game cover
4: okay so it's the chow on discord because it's an audio podcast chow uh it, it's a super nintendo cover and the title is hey punk are you tough enough um title? Mastered, yeah is this a real game chow
1: it is a real game
4: uh master it's, a, it's from jaleco mastered the moves uh to what? master me oh to so master me i'm like what the fuck
3: who names a game like this hey punk are you
4: tough enough uh, okay, I guess that's a, I guess that's a a real game that came out on Super Nintendo. If any, if any, there's any diehard Jolico fans, uh, listening, uh, let us know about your experience playing Jallico games.
2: Why uh, does it look like they uh, traced over some uh, concept art of Blanca?
4: <laughs> You're not wrong. You, you, so yeah,
2: people had to find the cover for
0: this
4: game. Cause,
0: uh, yeah, and I guess in in Japan, this game is called Dead Dance, and then. In US, it was called Tough Enough. Spelled <laughs> Tough, T U
1: F F, enough. Anyways, uh, yeah, thank you, Chow, for this tangent. Wiz <laughs> been World Remastered Masters coming out in May in Japan for consoles. There you go. And that covers us for this podcast. So we did it. Did it? Let's see.
0: Uh, obviously, we'll we'll look forward to some other January releases later in the month. Uh, obviously, the big one being Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth. Looks like not next week, but the week after uh, that game will be out and released. So we'll go look forward to that. What else is in? I know we have a lot slated for early February. Well, what what else the co- what's upcoming this
4: week? Like this upcoming week? Is there any new releases? Yeah, I'm, pl- uh, I'm pulling of Persia:
2: uh, I'm... The Lost Crown. I will be playing that.
0: Good one.
4: I was
2: pulling up Adam's list.
0: Uh, Legend of Grim Rock on Legend of Grim Rock on Switch, hell yeah. There you go. Uh, Neptunia Sisters vs. Sisters on Ooh. Switch. Hell yeah.
3: Where's that Gothic 2?
0: That came out
3: already. Oh. But
4: come on, come on, Chow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna play that? Uh no. You mentioned it. What the fuck? Just like how Brian's going to mention Neptunia Sisters versus Sisters, because he mentioned it.
3: He's going to be our die-hard uh, Idea Factory expert.
4: Someone has to be this I year. Am?
1: Okay. Uh, you are now. Publicly lovely st- <laughs> stated. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question mark. Uh, well, it's a, a little
0: bit of a quieter week, but we'll see what we uh, what we get up to uh, in the next seven days. and
2: Make it a
4: surprise. Well,
1: wait.
0: Thank think uh, you
2: also... Wait. Did we all? Did we mention oh, another code is also coming out next week? Oh no! Oh yeah, code question, for the, yeah.
4: For, yeah, for
0: Switch. It, that's right. It wasn't on. It wasn't on the RPG list, so I didn't see it. Well, it's yeah. not an RPG, so that's what yeah. I, I know. Yeah. No, but no, no. Glad, glad you're looking out. Well, thank you all so much for listening. You can uh, read about everything we talked about on this podcast up on our website at RPGSite.net. You can find us on all of the social media platforms. Just search for RPGsite Site on youtube facebook instagram or twitter and you should be able to find us uh if you haven't already we've gotten a little bit of feedback in our discord first of all you should join our discord discord.gg srpg site um we had our last regular our previous regular episode of the podcast last week before then we do have a big eight hour game of the year cast so if you if you've got time to kill and you want to want to listen to us blather on about our favorite games from last year we do have that up on our website as well as on uh Spotify, and Google Podcasts as well. Just search for Game of the Year Cast 2023. And we'll be back next week with another regular episode of the TetraCast. So as always, thank you so much for supporting us and listening to this
1: podcast. Until next time, stay safe and take care. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Later, folks.